Welcome to One Community Church, where no one walks alone. You're listening to the latest audio experience from the sermon series, Overwhelmed. Don't just cope, find the cure. This message from Pastor Conway is titled, So You Want to Quit? It's from Hebrews and 2 Timothy. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord and you woke up this morning and you're in your right mind, can you just let him know you appreciate him? Let him know you love him. Yeah. Uh, We're in a series called Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And uh, we're dealing with uh, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like you don't matter. uh, We're dealing with topics like that. If you look at your notes page, if you don't have one of these, by the way, raise your hand. You don't have one of these, just raise your hand. Uh, the ushers will come by and give you one. You need one. Every time you come to this church, you need to know you're going to get a, well, most of the time, so you're going to get a sermon handout that you should fill out, okay? So if you look at the back of it, you'll see the hope circle. We've already with, I don't, we dealt with I don't matter. We've dealt with I don't fit in. Today, we're going to deal with I want to give up. The reason we're doing this series is because one of these days you're going to say one of these statements or you're going to counsel somebody who comes to you saying one of those statements and our job is to equip you to pull that off really, really well. If you don't mind, stand with me. Let's read the word of the Lord. We're going to hang out in um, Hebrews chapter 11 and then we're going to flip it to chapter 12. And I want to remind you that you have it really good. We're going to read about some people that got killed Uh, You're going to read about it in the Bible, and you're going to read about those who went before you, and you're going to see how blessed you are to live in the generation that you live in now. But here's, 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 here's what they had to go through before Hebrews 12, verse 1. Let's read together, everybody. Women received back there by, and others, come on, were tortured, not accepting their release, so that... My, my, my. Next verse. And others experience, and yes, also chains. And this is what your, the people that ran the race before you, this is some of the stuff they went through. Come on. They were, they were, they were, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskin, in goatskin, being destitute, afflicted. Next verse, next verse, come on. Men of whom the world was not worthy, wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes. Are, are you listening to me? This, your brothers and sisters that went before you, this is how they lived. This is what they had to live through. We haven't gone through none of that yet. Yet, yet, yet. The, one of the greatest generations we're living in right now, and we don't get to do that, but your brothers and sisters went through some really tough stuff. Here's what they got to say to us. Watch this. Next verse. And all these, having gained through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back, go back, go back, go back. They did not receive. In other words, in other words, there are some things that you're going to receive, but you're not going to receive it in your lifetime. And God wants to know, do you have the patience to wait until he returns to receive some of the stuff he has for you? Or are you just a right now generation? If you can't get it right now, you ain't happy. Because I want what I want and I want it. The text is telling there's some things that, um, that they're not going to get until we finish our part of the race. We got to finish our part before collectively we get some of the things God desires for us. Next verse. Here we go. Because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Ma, 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 ma. In light of that, in light of the context of all the drama that they had to go through. He started earlier in the past talking about Moses and David and Esther and all that. But, and then he comes to the people that you don't even know their names. And he t- tells us that they were killed. They were, they were killed by the sword. They were so, so, they cut in two is what they were. And he says, he says, hey, hey, you don't have to go through any of that. Be grateful. Then he tells you that they're watching us. Here we go. Therefore, in light of what he just said, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every 
and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. My God. Next verse. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. For consider him who has endured such hostility by so that read this last phrase again so that you will not one more time look at your neighbor and tell them so that you will not grow weary and lose heart look at your other neighbor so that you will not grow weary and lose heart Hey, pick that microphone up for me, please. You may be seated. Awesome. One. Yeah, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, on today, I want to, I want to deal with the topic, so you want to quit. Now, now, now you might not feel that way right now, but keep on living. You might not feel that way, but somebody you know might be. So I want you to listen up, take notes. Say, this don't apply to me today. But I promise you, one day, it will. Let me tell you about the last couple of weeks in my life. Um, It's almost as if I've been sitting in a boxing ring. Uh, I've 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 been losing the desire to fight. My coach is telling me, hey, man, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I'm like, listen, man, I don't, have, I don't have it in me, man. I just don't. No, no, listen, 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 listen. You see, let me talk about me since you love to hide your stuff and not talk honestly to yourselves. So let me tell you about my life last couple of weeks. See, last couple of weeks I noticed that there's a pastor in, um, in a, a gateway church that just suffered a uh, heart condition. And so now he's out for potentially six months to a year if he ever comes back. Uh, You you saw the Potter's House, Fort Worth stuff. So so now you have a campus and all kind of drama is going on down there. And and, and Bishop don't have nothing to do with it. but, 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 But because it's a campus... Now it comes on him. And I'm like, I'm like, why are we doing campuses? Some knucklehead going to do something down there and shut everything down. I'm like, God, this, God, listen, man, this ain't for me, man. And then a good mentor of mine, he, I don't know him personally, but he's in Chicago. And, and he went through some 40 years of faithful ministry. And now there's some accusations against him. And whether it's true or not, 40 years gone down the drain. Now your family have to go through the mud. And I'm sitting here saying, Jesus, you know what? It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it Jesus y'all can take this y'all can take this see you later I'm out I'm done I want to quit as about literally both 30 to 35 percent I'll be like it's too much it's just too much stuff that other people do can affect you and shut the whole thing down why put all this energy all this prayer all this fasting all this stuff and then all of a sudden one day god i'm it it ain't worth it listen let me go sell vacuum cleaners i'm good i don't need all this you think i'm joking don't you it's exactly how i felt it's exactly how how, what do you do when you want to quit okay 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 let me let me go down your street since you're pretending as if you never want to quit what happens when you're married for 25 years and now your spouse talking about, I'm out. What, what, what do you do when, when it shocks you when they come home and say, you come home and find the house empty. <laughs> they go, overnight, they go, you go to work one day, you come home, the house, the whole house empty, gone. Deuces, done, out. What do you do when you, you spend all your hard money working, 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 and you want to create the best experience for your kids? You want your kids to have the best experience ever? You, you, you give them everything you never had, and then that knucklehead look you in the face when they're about 16, talking about, I can't stand you. I hate you. You the devil. I can't, I'm gone. And then the next week they show up pregnant, and you be like, oh, Lord. 
What happens when you go to work one day and you are convinced, you are absolutely convinced, uh, the boss is the devil and everybody else is a demon in your office? You're convinced, I know that. Jesus, listen to you. I ain't going back in there. Y'all can take this. I ain't going back. They, them, them, them people, the devil in my office, they are the devil. What happens when you get up one morning and all of a sudden you start feeling something and all of a sudden you start feeling ran around your midsection and all of a sudden it's a lump and you go to the doctor and they say it's cancer. <sighs> what happens when you, you have this little precious little child and all of a sudden the wonderful little child dies? Or the wonderful little child has a, has a learning disability. And now you thought it was all going to be roses. And now you realize that it's going to be much more difficult than you ever realized. What do you do when you want to quit? What do you do? You're dating somebody. And you'd be like, you know, yeah, he's really cool. Oh, my gosh. We've been dating now for four years. And we don't know what's going to happen. But we'll see. It's time to define the relationship. Where the heck are we going? And then when you force the hand, that girl talking about, well, yeah, no, mm-mm, let's end now. Or, or, or the guy says, well, you know what, nope, I, I mean, we're good, but there's something missing. Joker, after four years, no, you want to talk about something missing? No, 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 don't complain against him, you let him do it. Talking about you ready to throw in the towel. You should have thrown that in a long time ago. <laughs> Anyways, let me stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. <laughs> what do you do when the, when the pain hurts so much that you don't have the desire or the willpower to go back in the ring? That's what I want to talk about. Because if you've not been there yet, keep breathing, you'll be there. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to remind you, and, and this is my one point. If you, you want to forget everything you want to leave now, here's the one point I got. You'll never be defeated by what they say about you. You'll be defeated by what you say about you. You won't be defeated by what they say, whoever they is. You'll be defeated by the fact that they have convinced you that what they're saying, they're saying is true, you internalize that and you say it to yourself. That's why you don't want to go back in the ring. Because you have believed what they say instead of what God says about you. Say it with me one more time. You will never be defeated by what someone else says about you. You will be defeated by what you say about yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I, wonder, I, want you, I want you to see where this is coming from. On the front page of your notes, it comes from the attack gets levied from three different areas. From inside you, from around you, and from against you. Inside of you, it's coming from the flesh. Around you, it's coming from your culture. And against you, it's coming from the enemy. But you need to know that he is waging a warfare because his job, the enemy that is, is to get you out of the ring. That's his one assignment. God has you fighting and he wants you sitting. And it comes, the attack comes from three different ways. It comes from inside of you where the flesh wages war against you. It comes from around you where the culture is telling you you need to be somebody. And it comes from the enemy where he's, he's, he's hurling accusations against you. That's where it's coming from. And if you believe they, then it will demoralize you. Because you're going to internalize it ultimately. I talked about this concept to the singles and I want you to see it. If you, if you, if you are breathing, you better write what I'm about to say down. If you're breathing. This is not in your notes. This is special, not in your notes. I want you to see this is God's desire for you. This is the way you ought to live. If you turn live around, it spells evil. I'm going to show you the opposite, which is evil. God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to make me your master. I want, I, I want to be your best friend. He says this to every human being. Then I want you to know what I want you to do, and I want you to live based on what I've called you to do and run the race I've called you to run, not the race somebody else told you to run. 
Then he says, I want you to manage your moods because your moods will destroy your mission and it will destroy your relationship with me. So I want you to manage your moods. I want you to, I want you to be disciplined so that just because you don't feel it means you don't do it. Just because you get angry and frustrated don't mean you take it out on somebody else. Just because you don't have the discipline to say it because you just feel like you need to buy this so you look better, that don't mean you spend the money. He says, I need you to manage your moods. And by the way, it is then and only then, after you've done these three things, should you be looking for a mate. Now listen, ladies, I'm just begging you now, you need to teach this to your teenagers too. No, I, I, unless Jesus is your best friend, when stuff happens, you need to go to Jesus, not to mommy and daddy first. Then I need to make sure you are understanding what God's calling you to do. Then I need you to make sure I am teaching you to manage your moods. Just because you don't, I don't feel like doing that. Okay, still go do it. And then after that, and, and then and only then, do you deal, did you fool the mate? Listen, listen, listen. But if you don't live the way God wants you to live, you're going to end up with evil. Here's evil. Spelt the other way. You put your moods on top. Now your moods drive all your decisions. Well, I want my preferences. I don't care what God says. I, I ain't dating no short dude. He need to be tall like me. Uh-uh, he can't handle me. He can't. That's because your moods are driving you. Mm -hmm. It's quiet in here, but it's true. Then you, all you think about is a mate. That's it. Every single day. The devil don't have to try nothing else with you because you're so consumed by your God called, I need a man or I need a woman. Mad people are not leaving you out. Because then all you start to do is respond to your moods and say, I need to be looking for another husband. Or I need to be looking for another wife. Because this one's getting on my last nerve. Here's why. Because you're allowing your moods to drive you and not your master to drive you. And if you keep letting your moods drive you, you're going to think the grass is greener on the other side. Well, the common denominator is you. And it don't have nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with you. This is evil. This is what the enemy wants you to do. Be driven by your moods, be driven by your mate, and then and only then should you figure out what you want to do. And actually, you don't even need to do your mission. Just figure out how to make money because all you really care about is money, not doing the race that God's called you to do. And then if you find time for God, go to church when it's convenient, when it's bright and sunny outside. But if you get a little bit of rain or a little bit of stuff, you don't need him. Just, just, just delude yourself in thinking, I can do God all by myself. Evil, you don't even know it. And this drives you. And God says, you're going to feel the pain of it. And the reason you end up in that little stool talking about you want to give up is because your moods have run your whole life. You're focused on your mate and not on your master. You're doing somebody else's mission, not yours. And you're not doing the mission that God's called you to. And Jesus is not your best friend. You run to everybody else before you run to Jesus. And you wonder why you want to quit. You want to quit because you've allowed evil to determine how you live. God's called you to live on the left side. But you have allowed the devil to spin it and turn the word live into the word evil. And now you're living an evil life and you don't even know it. I'm telling you, you want to teach this to every kid you got. Every, every kid. Uh, find kids that you don't even know and just, just say, hey, come here. I don't even know who you are. Come over here. Let me just help you out a little bit. You see a kid on the street and say, hey, 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 I got a little, I got a little model for you to process. Here you go. And you just start teaching them. You need to teach somebody this within the next 24 hours. And I don't care who it is. Just teach them because we all do it and don't even realize that we're doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, this one's huge. Now, before I get to the notes, uh, on, the, on the second page, inside of, there, there's three dials that I want you to realize. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to show you. There are three dials. Listen, every, everyone, every regret you ever have in your life, you have them because you failed to turn up two of these dials. 
every regret. The biggest mistake you've ever made, the biggest regret you have in your life, here's what it is. The first one is your relationship with God. Second one is your relationship with your inner circle. Third one is your relationship with others. Listen, if you could re-turn back the clock Right before the, the thing you regret the most, here's what you do. You would turn up the God clock more. You would turn up the inner circle friend more if you had good inner circle. And you would turn down your others, your other friends who are trifling, who should not have been in your life. You turn them down and you turn these two up. But what happened to you is this one was down, this one was down, this one was up, and you made a foolish decision. And you're feeling the consequences of it right now. It's the reason why parents, if you're, if you're worth your salt, you are, you're managing who the heck comes in your kid's life. And you're creatively dialing people out of there because you know that they're a fool. And you know when you hang out with a fool, you, not the fool, get hurt. Listen, listen, but this is the one I want to talk about. Your relationship with God. Right before you made this stupid decision, you should have said, okay, God, okay, God, I need your help, God. I need your help, God. So when you're at the, when you're at the, um, the, the little stool and you don't want to get back in the fight, this is what Jesus did. Jesus said, is there any way this cup can be passed from me? Who did he go to? His father. He dialed up the God card. He says, God, I need you now. And the text says he was weeping and it was so thick it looks like blood. Why? Because he was dialing up the God card because the enemy wanted to tell him, you don't, have, you don't have what it takes to get in that fight. You can't take it. So you have to dial up the God card. That's what you and I need to do. And then you have to dial up the inner circle. Who are the three people that walk with you? That you say, hey, man, I need you to come with me because I need you to be with me on this journey. And by the way, let me tell you something about your inner circle. The problem with many of us is we have inner circles where they need us more than we need them. Because you only want to hang out with people that you are the smartest one in the circle. That ain't no inner circle. That's not an inner circle. That's, where, that's, that's people you should be mentoring. Your inner circle look you in the face and say, you're an idiot. And you say, I'm sorry. You don't get offended because you know they love you. By the way, let me tell you how you get the right inner circle. The only way you get the right inner circle is if you have served the people in your inner circle to help them get where they want to go because if you haven't served them, wise people don't just have time waiting around to mentor you. You got to, you got to help them get where they have to go, which is why you don't just demand it right now. So some of you are going to be leaving here talking about, well, I'm going, hey, will you be my inner circle? Will you be my inner circle? That's, you don't have the right people around you. Because your inner circle people are the people that you need. When life gets tough, you got a key to their house. And they'll meet you at their house. And you'll be bawling your head off. And they'll come in and say, it's going to be all right. That's an inner circle person. That's an inner circle person who will leave their job to come hang out with you. Because one, you value their time. So you ain't going to do it unless it is absolutely vital. You need some people. I'm just at two, two of them or three. I'm telling you. This is why parents, 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 you're supposed to be that inner circle for your kids. When you get older, you're supposed to have spiritual covering so that they can help you make some major decisions. So you turn up your inner circle when you're at the fork in the road. Because if you don't, you're going to regret your decision. And you're going to live a painful life. And you're going to wonder, how did I end up here? And you will always come back to these three circles. Every single time you'll come back to them because they determine all of life. Dialing up God, dialing up your inner circle, or dialing down the wrong people in your life. And you should be progressively dialing people out of your life. Mm-hmm. Preach, Pastor. You gave me two, two weeks off. So I'm coming back loaded, ready to go for all of y'all. Sick and tired of just the same foolishness. I don't know how I got here. I can't tell you how you got there. You don't have nobody worth their salt around you. Every time, some, every time you talk about it, okay, yeah, let's do what you say. Okay, yeah, let's do what you say. You need somebody who says, I don't care what you say. You got to have somebody like that. When you, when you go in their presence, you are afraid to talk. That's the problem. So you just want to go everywhere and just talk. You ought to be fearful because you ought to, when you go in your inner circle, uh, 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 when you go in your inner circle area, you're supposed to be like, I don't have nothing to say. Because they might find out that I'm an idiot. So let me just stop it and say nothing. Because the, the caliber of people that you're hanging out with, are so, they're so smart, so high. You the, you're the most unwise person in the room, so you shut the heck up. 
But you love to be the wisest in the room because you don't even know how to not talk. So you, don't, you go in a room and you don't even know, shut the heck up. You, you're just exposing yourself. Preach, pastor. Tell them, pastor. Do not go ask somebody after this service, will you be in my inner circle? You're missing the point. You don't get, that's not the right person. If they say yes, that's not the right person. <laughs> Preach, pastor. Let me get to the text because y'all think I make this up. This is all in the Bible. Come on, let's talk about it. Come on. Turn the page. So let's go to number two. How to endure the tough spots in life. He tells us. Watch the text. He tells us. He really does. He tells us. He says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. That's number one. Here's what you need to know. You need to know number one is your life is being watched. There are people around you. I don't know how this happens, but there are people around you that is the ones that have gone before you, and they're watching your life. God sees everything you do. Others in heaven are watching you too. That means there's no secrets. Because whatever the secret is, God already says, I've seen it. Not only have God seen it, your, crowd, your cloud of witnesses have seen it. So you're in the arena. You, this is your season. This is your little blimp in history. And please remember, it is a blimp. You're a little blimp in history. This is what it is. And you get to run your race. And they are around you. And you'll be like, well, this is too hard. And Moses is like, are you kidding me? God told me I had to go in the promised land and build a nation. I ain't never built a nation before, but that's what he asked me to do. And I didn't complain. I just said, yes, God, will you help me to do it? I got to go take on Pharaoh. You talking about you got a hard time? I got to go take on Pharaoh. I'll be like, God, well, who do I say send me? He says, tell him I am sent you. And you want to complain? Moses, you, 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 you live in a generation of ease. And you can't finish what you start? And he said, come on, we're cheering you on. We're not here to criticize you. We're here to cheer you on. We're here to celebrate the fact that you get to run this race for the glory of God. He says in your corner, so therefore get up and run the race. Get up and go back in the ring and you fight. And you keep fighting. And you keep on fighting. Number two, he says. Number two, watch the text. He says, the, 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 the second thing you have to do is you have to declutter. You have to lay aside the baggage. Some of you are trying to do too much, and it's burning you out. Too much going on, and it's going to feel like you want to give up. Look at what the text says. The text says, text says let us... Also, lay, as, lay aside every, say this word with me, encumbrance and the sin. He tells you there are two things you need to lay aside. The sin. You know what sin is. Sin simply means uh, you know the right thing to do and you don't do it. That's sin. You know what to do and you still not do it. You know you shouldn't go over to that knucklehead's house and you still go. You know you shouldn't pick up the phone and you're still picking it up. You know, you know it and you still do it. You know you should walk away, but you don't walk away. You know you should pray for her, but you're not praying for her. You know that what you should, but you don't do it. He says, stop it. He said, that's why, that's why you want to quit. Because it's burning you out. Because you know what you should be doing and you're not doing it. Watch me now. And sometimes the Holy Ghost will wear you out. So the reason you want to quit is because of the pressure the Holy Ghost putting on you. Because you live in a lifestyle of sin and have now tried to normalize it. And he says, I'm not going to make you normalize it. The culture can normalize it. That's why you want to sleep together and hang out together and chill together and think, well, we have evolved as a nation. Holy Ghost says, yeah, you think you have evolved? I'm going to wear your tail out. So much so you're going to be tired. And you're going to be so tired. He goes, all right, I want to quit. And he says, now you can walk in a beat. I ain't afraid of your culture you can say you want to evolve all you want I know what my word says and the word of God says you ought to shun every appearance of evil now you want to define appearance well back in the day what that meant they were kind of old school but the second one is the one that bothers me more encumbrance Encumbrance don't mean evil, it don't mean sin. It means it's good, it's just not good for you. It's good, in other words, in other words, in other words, it's not evil, it's not something that's wicked, it's not something that's bad. It's good, but you just don't realize that if you want to get to where God wants to take you, you got to release some good things so you can get the best things. 
There's some things you need to get rid of, he says. There's some of you that still love some hobbies. There's still love some things that you love to do back in the day. And you just got to say, okay, yeah, well, let's keep doing that. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Just because everybody else is doing it don't mean you need to do it. I'm taking you somewhere different than I'm taking them. So don't, because they love to do it, don't mean you should love to do it. I have a different agenda for you than I have for them. And if you're going to go up to where I'm calling you to go, you got to let go of some things. You still want to hold on to the good and it's holding you back from the best. He tells you, you got to declutter, get it out of there, get, do some spring cleaning, get it out. Quit talking about, well, I'm going to keep this because I'm going to lose some weight and I'm going I'm I'm to fit in it later on. Now get rid of it. Take it to goodwill. Get rid of it. Declutter. Create some space so God can do what he wants. So number three. Number three says, I want you to run God's race for you. I want you to run God's race for you. I don't want you to run, watch this, I don't want you to run your mama's race for you. I don't want you to run your daddy's race. I don't want you to run your boss's race. I don't want you to run your girlfriend's race. I don't want you to run your spouse's race. I want you to run God's race for you. There go the problem. The reason you're worn out is because you're not even gifted and skilled to do what you're doing. But you're doing it because you ran after money and not after mission. And I'm telling you, you finna quit because you're running after money. And because you're running after money, you're not even built for that. But you have no idea what you're built for because you spent your entire life running after how can I make it and how can I make it better than everybody else around me. Financially, that is, instead of saying, how do I do what God's called me to do so I am running in my purpose? Well, Pastor, how do I know that? That's, then you have to know your shape, which is why we have these growth tracks. So you can go to the growth track and know what God's calling you uniquely to do. And until you, don't, until you do that, then you have mastered Jesus, your best friend, but you're not fulfilling mission because the reason you're not fulfilling mission is because you haven't waited and taken the time long enough to realize what God left you here on the planet to do. Ladies and gentlemen, he's called you to run a race. And until you're doing it, it will not be effortless. Because when, when you're doing what he's calling you to do, it seems as if it's effortless. There's effort, but it's so natural. It fits like a glove because it has your name on it. And so quit getting stressed out doing what somebody else wants you to do. And by the way, watch me now. Quit setting your kids up for failure by not ask, letting them ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And quit trying to make them do what you wanted to do but couldn't do. So know that you got the little change you're going to make them do and you're going to let them be just as miserable as, oh my God, just as miserable as you because you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. No, you want them to do what they're not supposed to do but you want them to do so you're forcing your race on them. You know the worst thing, you know the worst sight to see? A kid's game. I, I don't watch the game. I watch the parents. Because that's where you see parents trying to live their lives through their kids. And they can't even manage their moods. Because now they're getting mad at the coach and the referee. And the kid's saying, Mom, it's okay, Mom. Oh, no, it ain't. Oh, no, it ain't. <laughs> Who the heck is the adult here, please? <laughs> number four, that's too convicting. Let's move on. Number four, number four, number four, number four, number four. Here we go. Focus on Jesus, not, my circ not your circumstances. Focus on Jesus, not your Say it with me. Circumstance. This is, this is so important. Watch the text. Here's what the text says. The text says, um, and let us run with, say this word, endurance, the race that has been set before us. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Watch what he says. He says, he says, he says if you're going to finish this race, you're going to have to focus on Jesus. If you're going to finish it, you can't focus on the circumstances. you got to focus on Jesus. 
Oh, you don't believe me. Um, the other day, I, I moved probably in September, and so I'm in this new neighborhood. I don't know the neighborhood real well yet. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of going for a little jog. So I go for this little jog, and uh, in this neighborhood, they have some, some, some dogs, dogs, dogs. I, I don't like dogs. I don't like dogs. Um, I got history with dogs. See, in Jamaica, in Jamaica, when you get a dog, um, uh, when you go riding as a kid and when you go uh, jogging as a kid, dogs come out of houses and attack you. No, no, no. Here you can sue them. Ain't nobody to sue in Jamaica. Here's why. Because ain't nobody know whose dog it is anyways. So it's just dogs everywhere. Dogs, dogs, dogs everywhere. Jada says, I'm going to make millions. I'm going to go to Jamaica. I'm going to have a, I'm going to start a S, S, SPCA. All, I, I, all them dogs running around. So, so in Jamaica, when I'm running in Jamaica, I have two stones in my hand because I'm going to protect myself. So when I'm running, I wish you would come. I wish you would because I'm going to bust your head. You can call the cops on me. You can call them all you want. This is in Jamaica, okay? You call the cops, they're coming in four days, all right? Shoot, y'all can fool around. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm running. This is my neighborhood now. This is my neighborhood now. So I'm running. I'm running. And I see this dog coming. I see this dog. He in his house. And he's coming outside of his house. And I said, here we go. But then I remembered I'm in America. So I said, you know what? I can get a little bite and make some money. So let me see if I can see. I, I, I'm joking. I didn't do that. I'm joking. I'm joking. So, so I'm <laughs> So I'm running, I'm running, and, and I see the dog, and I get real nervous because all my history floods my memory. So now I'm looking around for some stones. But you're in America, so ain't no stone just laid out nowhere. In Jamaica, stone everywhere, stone in the road, stone everywhere. But ain't no stones to defend yourself. Here, y'all just carry guns. I wish you would. I wish you would. Anyways, um, 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 uh, so I'm running. 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 And, and, and something happened that I did not know, nor did I see. I'm running toward my destination, and I'm all worried about this dog coming after me and trying to nip at my leg. But what I did not know was that there was an invisible barrier that you cannot see, but the dog can feel. You see, the dog, I noticed he was galloping, and then he stopped because there is an invisible electric fence that you can see that he can only come to this point and stop. Now he's going to bark as loud as he can bark. He's going to yell as loud as he can yell. He's going to growl as loud as he can growl. But he can't go anywhere past that line. Can I tell you what Jesus did for you? Jesus says, I want you to fix your eyes on me because I have set up some barriers for the enemy so he can bark as loud as he want to bark. He can growl as loud as he want to growl. You growl, devil, growl. But 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 that one's mine, and you can't touch that one because I have ordained the future and the plans I have for them. <laughs> Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what he says. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Quit focusing on the circumstances you find yourself in. God's put them in check for you. That's what he specializes in. And he says, your job then is to simply allow me to do what I do. Fix your eyes. Say it with me. On Jesus. The second one is if you ever go to the Olympics, there's this competition called rowing where, where you have a guy that's leading called the coxswain. It's an eight-man rowing boat. They're going this way, but none of them looking that way. All of them looking at one person in front of them. He gives all the instructions. All they're waiting on is his word, and they'll do whatever he says. Now, if any one of them at any time decides that I'm not going to look at you, I'm going to look on where we're going, I'm going to look on the environment, 
the boat, then all of a sudden, because one person decides to not row anymore, but to look and to find out what's around them and take their eyes off of Jesus, then all of a sudden the boat is going to go left or it's going to go right, but it's not going to go straight anymore. Can I tell you what Jesus says? Jesus says, I am your pure spiritual coxswain. Your job is to focus on me. I will take you to the destination that I have for you. Your job is to hear my word, listen to me, and as you do that, I will take you safely to where I want you to go. He says, you got to listen to me. You got to focus your eyes on me. Let's go. Next one. Come on. Let's go. I got to go. Next one is number five says, I want you to minimize the pain and I want you to maximize the profit. This, just watch the text on this one. This is profound. I want you to watch what Jesus does. Watch the text now. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith. Watch this. Who for the joy, watch this now, for the joy set before him endured the cross. Do you see that? You missed it. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. In other words, okay, you missed it. In other words, the cross is right in front of him. But he says, I'm not looking at the cross. I'm looking beyond the cross to see the joy that's going to come, having borne the cross, I'm looking at the redemption of mankind. I'm looking at the glory of the Father. I'm looking at the Father is going to be praised. I'm looking at the world's going to be worshiping. I'm looking at every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm not looking at the pain now. I'm looking at the profit. I'm maximizing the profit. When you're going through it and you're, at the, you're, at the, you're in the corner on your stool, he says, he says, he says I, I don't want you to look at the enemy. I want you to look at the belt that you're going to get at the end of the fight. Focus on the belt and not on the enemy. Get back up and fight the good fight. That's what he says. Let's keep going. The next one says this. Last one, number six says, I want you to think about what Jesus endured for you. I want you to think about what Jesus endured for you. The way you're going to make it through it is by thinking and processing through what Jesus endured so you can have a relationship with the Father. Watch the text. The text, the text says, Consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself. Here we go. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I want you to consider, think about, process, meditate on the fact uh, that he endured some stuff for you just so that you will not grow weary in well-doing. Here's what he says. He says, anytime you think you have a lot to go through, just process what he went through. Anytime you think you got a bad day, just process and think about, well, well, how did Jesus deal with it? You see, the problem is, in churches, for real, you, churches most of the time focus on fleshly sins, and we preach against fleshly sins, but every now and again, you need to focus on the spirit sins. The spirit sins are ones where you got some weaklings who don't have any, 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 I can finish this. Let me finish, let me, let me get some stamina and finish what I start. Every now and again, because you don't want to pick those people to come fight with you. Because in the middle of the fight, they'll be like, well, you think we should turn back by now? It's getting hard. And we don't want to rebuke that sin. Just like we rebuke the sin of whatever the drama is in the flesh that you want to do. But both of them need to be rebuked. Watch what he says. One of my favorite passages, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Watch the text. Watch the text. Oh, my God. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. And I have kept... By the way, parenthetical thought, let me tell you something. Many of you miss something because you're so, po you're so politically motivated. The last two days, you saw the evidence of a woman that told the world, let me tell you something. I'm good with the life that my creator has made me live. I have fought the good fight, she said. I, I, she showed us how to die well. But because you're so politically motivated, you're going to miss the blessings of a saint who lived a good life for the glory of God. Here's what she said. She said, hey, I don't want you to pray. I know we have doctors who can let me live longer. I don't want them. I just let me go in peace to my creator. 
She said, hey, listen, listen, listen. I know my family and they're good right now. I know my creator and I can't wait to see him right now. And I know that I'm going to see my family again when I see, when they come to meet my creator. So I, you can let me go. I'm good. And she said to CNN and to Fox News and to MSNBC, y'all might not know how to die well, but because I know Jesus, I know absent from the body, mean I'm present with the Lord. You all don't know nothing about that, but let me tell you, she said, I am good with death because death, where is your sting? Oh, death, get up out of here because I'm good all by myself meeting my creator. See? See, 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 some of us don't even know how to die well. And she modeled for a nation. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, she modeled for a nation. Here's how you face death, smiling at its face as you walk right in. It was the most beautiful sight to see. And some of you said, oh, I ain't watching that. She, she this or she that. You're missing the point. Your, your, your relationship with Jesus must trump your political persuasion. They didn't die on a cross for you. Jesus did. I love it. I love it. That lady said, listen, I fought my good fight. They marvel at how her husband and the kids are like, oh, we good. Hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> oh, we good. We good. <laughs> here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Because when you don't know Jesus, you don't have no hope. And this is as good as it gets. But when you know Jesus, this is only 70 to 80 to 90 years. You get to spend thousands and millions and billions of years with him. So your perspective is right. That's what it says. The text says. I fought the good fight, which means you're running your race, not somebody else's. Some of you, some of you fighting an evil fight right now because it's not the fight you should be fighting, and you don't even realize it. You're running a race that's not you're running a race that's not yours to run. So when you get to heaven, he's going to say, "Who told you to do that?" Paul, talking to his young son in the ministry, Timothy, says, "I fought the good fight." Question for you is, am I fighting the good fight? Then he says, I love this, I have finished the course. See, the problem is many of you don't know how to finish. All your life you've seen people who've started stuff that had not finished. You've seen dads that, that started stuff but didn't finish. Went on to another wife, went on to another wife, went on to another wife, went on to another wife. When are you going to stay focused and say, I'm going to keep believing even if it gets hard? When are you going to do You have kids. One, two with this, two with that, five with this, six with that. When, when are you going to finish what you started? And the challenge for us and the reason why you fight for your marriage and you fight for your kids is because they need to see a model of somebody who starts something and finish it. No matter how hard it is, I'm going to finish what I started. When last? When was the last time that happiness determined what I finished it or not? What I ain't happy. Back in the day, it used to be because, well, they done cut me or they done beat me up, so I got to go. Today, hey, man, I'm leaving her. I mean, why, why? What's up, bro? What, what she do? She do something? What's up? No, I'm just not happy anymore. Happy? You, <laughs> you ain't happy no more, bro? Listen, man, when, when since does your moods determine what you do? Come on, man. We got generations waiting on your model and you talking about you ain't happy no more. No, you just set the table for every other generation. When it ain't cool for them, they say, I'm not happy anymore. And then you dare try to use God talking about, God wouldn't want me to be in a place where I'm not happy. Are you, you almost made me cuss. Are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? Don't lie on God. Don't lie on God talking about, talking about, yeah, God would. Of course he wants you to be a place because he don't care about your happiness. He care about your holiness. So you need to figure out that God says, if it means you're going to be more like me, then I'm going to keep you in the fire until you turn pure gold. I'm trying to help somebody today. I got to go because Pastor Eric always finished with 30 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I care this is not a competition for me I'm going to finish when I finish here we go here we go fight the good fight 
when they're, here, when they're haters, liars, backstabbers, when you're fearful, when you have doubts, when you have anxiety, when you can't go to sleep. All he's telling you to do is stand and stay in the fight. When you, when he says, keep the faith when you have to downsize, when you have to move in with your mom, when you lose your job, when you lose a spouse, when, when people take advantage of you, when you're hurting, when, when people stab you in the back. The Bible says, keep on believing no matter how bad it gets. Stick it out. Stick it out. Stick it out. And then he says, finish the course. I've given you a course for you to finish. Finish the course that he's called you to do. Quit setting a precedence for those behind you that you're not a finisher. Derek Redmond, 1992, Barcelona Olympics. The semifinals of the 400 meters. A British citizen is running in the race. He's the favorite to win. He gets up out of the blocks. He's looking pretty good. He goes through the first hundred. He's actually in the lead. Goes through the second, the second uh, hundred. He's now leading and leading by far. Now he gets a cramp. And all his dreams come shattering down. He falls on the track, lane number five. And he is weeping. And he said in that moment, he says, well, if I can just get up, I know I can run him down. I know I can, even if I'm limping, I know I can run him down. He gets up and he literally, he does this. He's trying to run, but he can't. He's holding his cap, but he can't. And he, and he gets to a point where he stops and he's like, oh, oh. The entire stadium, a hush comes over it. And then out of the stands comes a man that runs all the way down. They try to stop him and he pushes them out of the way and he runs all the way down and he takes his hand of his son, his name is Jim, and he puts it around him and he says, son, listen, listen, he says, son, what matters is not that you win. What matters is that you finish. Let's finish what we started in Jesus' name. And together they limped all around the track until they finished. Here's my question for you now. Who do you have in your inner circle that will come out of the stadium? And when you're on your face, will come and lift your hand and put it around their neck and say, it's not about winning. It's about finishing. Come, let's finish this together. Let's finish this together. Let's finish this together. I pray God you have some people that will help you finish what you start everybody that comes after you needs to see you finish don't throw that towel in don't give up finish what you start thanks for listening if you enjoyed this message hit the subscribe button for additional content on leadership check out our podcast the leadership roundtable with dr conway edwards to stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Visit 1CC. Again, thanks for listening and connecting with One Community Church, where we believe no one walks alone.